Hi everyone! Um, today I wanted to talk about teen dramas. Um, my name is Julie and I'll be your host for today. I was recently watching the new Gossip Girl reboot um, and as of the recording now, only the pilot has been released, but I think by the time that the podcast will be out, there's going to be two episodes as well. Um, and I wanted to talk about this phenomenon that has always kind of bothered me. And it's something I was reminded of while watching the show. And that is how teen characters are portrayed and represented in teen dramas. I actually do watch a lot of teen dramas, to be completely honest. I think the appeal of it, um, what 20-somethings engage in high school antics was kind of captivating for me. Um, ever since I was in middle school, I did watch the original Gossip Girl, though I never really finished it, Euphoria, 13 Reasons Why, and Elite. And I think I was definitely more impressionable when it came to teenage dramas because I wasn't in high school yet. So my perception of what high schoolers looked, up, looked like and acted like were kind of entirely based on these shows. And now that I'm a sophomore, I know that these characters do not look like they are 14 to 18 year olds. They look like they're in their mid-20s. And that's because most of the time, the actors who play these characters are indeed in their 20s. And so today what I really wanted to talk about is the adult actors playing teenage characters and how that changes our perception of what content is or isn't appropriate and normal. Um, firstly, I wanted to address why adults play teen characters to begin with because usually there is no harmful intent at all. In my research, according to casting director Todd Taylor, um, quote, it's all because of the labor laws, the number of hours that children are allowed to work are highly restricted, which limits the amount of time that producers can actually have with adolescents on set. Many casting directors choose to go with an 18-year-old because they can be on set and working for, say, 16-18 hours. Um, of course, there are some actors who are underage. Molly Ringwald, for instance, what, uh, she was 16, I believe, when she shot The Breakfast Club. But that's because director John Hughes thought she was the best fit for the role. And I am actually fine with adults playing teenagers. Um, I prefer it because of um, a lot of the sexual abuse and grooming in the industry. So by casting more actual real life children, it's, it's exposing them to predators in Hollywood. But I do also think that there are some issues that arise from casting adults as teen characters. Firstly, teacher-student relationships are unfortunately a common trope in them. Um, we've seen it in Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill, the original Gossip Girl, Riverdale, etc, etc. And obviously these relationships are bad. They tend to romanticize a completely inappropriate age gap and also power dynamic. I thought this trope was extremely perverted even um, as a middle schooler and I kind of struggled to grapple with like who are these relationship dynam dynamics supposed to like pander to? Like why are they even releasing it and who like who is supposed to enjoy them and even if the intended audience is supposed to be children um or adults then that's extremely gross and irresponsible because it feeds them this idea that is totally safe and normal and even aspirational to bone your teacher um and like the reason why tv shows get away with it obviously is because all of these actors are adults so when we're watching a show that visually portrays two consenting adults 
it has less red flags. Um, and these shows also tend to cast young, attractive actors who are close to the same real life age of their students. So if you see two people in their 20s hooking up, it looks totally normal. And if they're both attractive conventionally, but we do have to keep in mind that these characters are supposed to and are marketed as teenagers, so they can't consent to relationships with adults, especially ones in positions of authority in a school system. Teachers and 18-year-old students, like this goes without saying that they should not be in relationships because there is that power imbalance and that makes these relationships extremely unsafe for the students and for their futures. Um, I've seen some people say that when it comes to explicit content and teen dramas like Euphoria or Skins, it's that it's okay because it's real and students are sleeping around, even with their teachers sometimes, and we shouldn't you know, censor these experiences to an extent, I agree, but also to, um, on the other hand, a lot of these shows are extremely sexualized and honestly i think influenced a lot of us into thinking that um i had like a boring life and i was expected to kind of do more things as a teenager and experiment more i know my teenage years are not done yet but um it's really like honestly euphoria would be a million times more accurate if it like took place in college like high school students are not having orgies um and living crazy sex lives they're not um and it kind of bothers me that almost every single character in these shows has to have sex. Um, it's not realistic. And when I was like really younger, young, it made me feel anxious and it felt like it would only be like a matter of time before I had to do this. But it's like totally fine not to date anyone or lose your virginity in high school or ever. Um, like especially Gossip Girl and Skins. I've been thinking about why um, as like a Chinese person, Asian person, I prefer Korean and Chinese teenage dramas now when it comes to like young adult romance fiction. Like they have their own life problems um, with like social stuff, academics, personal and familial lives. But I really love the fact that the stories and characters are really well written and not really sexualized at all. Like there's, they put a lot more emphasis in um, framing the importance of intelligence um, unlike in like American culture, that can be toxic as well, putting um, intelligence and like academic success on a high pedestal. But for example, in a lot of K-dramas, the hottest popular character is always like the top of the class. Um, and I think that is cool. It's a different take on high school. Um, and I think like in an episode that's like farther down the line, the main characters fall falling in love you know like only show like a hug and everyone's like crying tears of joy so that really shows how like romance and chemistry can be portrayed really well without even including their sex life in the story um and there's this new teen show called young royals on netflix and unlike other shows of the kind i really love this show um the actors do look like teens they're dressed like teens and i will go back to this point later um, even though all the characters come from wealthy families, um, if you have read uh, the book called, I think it was Red, White, and Royal Blue, it's something like that. Um, the actors look like they're in their teens. They're not meant to look perfect. They have, you know, visible pimples with other skin imperfections. So it feels like you're watching actual teenagers. I would highly recommend watching Young Royals. Um, one show that I do like the costume design and like of was like uh gilmore girls they didn't try to sexualize rory 
Um, so she dressed like you would expect a 16 year old to dress. And a lot of the times I do wonder why they don't make these shows like set in university. Everyone would be about that age and actress would look appropriate. But I think a big problem is how many people forget that like teens are still minors. Like we're still kids. Like we, yeah, we may have teen at the end of our age, but we're minors. So why are we like being sexualized? And I also think that when teen dramas portray mental health issues, especially in um, 13 Reasons Why, especially depression, it's highly romanticized and not realistic in the slightest bit. Like it feels like they're profiting off of traumas and mental health issues that real people face just to make a quote-unquote relatable show and turn that into profit. Another downside to having adults play teenage characters is that they have adult bodies and that can create a complex for teens that are watching who are comparing themselves to these people who are fully, fully past the age of puberty. Plus, you know how, how Hollywood works 99% of the time? Main characters are played by conventionally attractive people, so not only are you a 15 year old comparing yourself to a 25 year old you're comparing yourself to a very hot 25 year old <laughs> um barbara greenberg a clinical psychologist and teen and family expert says that by casting adults actors to play teenagers it can give the message that teenagers are supposed to look good all the time Quote, in reality, some days they're thinner, they're a little heavier, they have pimples, their hair is a little frizzy, frizzy, it's all okay. So when actors look good in every single scene and episode, it can really make you feel self-conscious or alone. But again, just because an adult plays a teen character doesn't mean that this has to be the outcome. And framing is really an important part of writing these stories. So I would argue that a show like Riverdale emphasizes the actor's maturity and the characters are dressed not like teenagers. Granted, I've only watched a couple episodes um, and like I couldn't bear watching further, but the way that Betty and Veronica are styled makes them look like adults and it's really important as a costume designer to nail the characters ages because you're already hiring older people and if you dress them older then they're not going to resemble teenagers at all um and i'm not saying that teenagers can't look good or they can't um be um a very be mature or be beautiful but the point of over sexualization i think is where i draw the line because you shouldn't be describing minors as hot um, and I think objectifying them in that way is not good and although teens should have um, they should have a say in what they want to wear and seeing all sorts of um, experiences it's really all about framing like what is portrayed as good and how the story or the producers decide to turn that um, they're gonna have a bad reputation of teenagers. I was watching Sex Education for the first time a couple of days ago. It's a TV show on Netflix. It's absolutely amazing. Um, 
The actors are all in their 20s, but they dress like teens and therefore look more like teens. Eric wears a lot of mismatching patterns that reflect his fun personality, but also show that he's still experimenting with his style. Um, he hasn't gotten things like fully figured out. There's also a great scene where he runs into an older black gay man and there's a following scene where he copies that man's style because he's impressionable and a child. Um, Otis wears pretty much the same color blocking jacket throughout the whole, sh whole show because he is he doesn't really care about fashion. Um, a lot of the characters are wearing training bras and unsexy childish underwear rather than, you know, like Victoria's Secret lingerie. Um, I'm not saying, again, that teenagers have to dress really immature or not attractive. Like, they can try to um, wear whatever they think will make them confident, but it's just the fact that the viewers and the audience um, are watching them might sexualize them. And it's so I think it's important to dress them on the young side to compensate for that age gap. Um, another teen coming of age movie that I did a really I think did a really good job on is Ladybird. Sir Sharonin was 23, so clearly over the age of a high school senior, five years over the age of a high school senior. Um, she wears a pinafore over a t-shirt, a look that is very fresh and young. Her clothes are perpetually disheveled, so you know that she doesn't really care about anything. And it's only at the end when she goes off to college that she wears a blazer and looks more put together. So that shows how she's now an adult and taking her life seriously. Um, but an interesting detail in this movie that I didn't even know until I uh, researched and looked into it is that during production, Saoirse Ronan actually said she had an acne breakout um, and the makeup artist asked if she would be okay letting her acne show and she said yes. Saoirse said, I thought it was a really good opportunity to let a teenager's face in a movie actually look like a teenager's face in real life. Um, and the director of the movie, Greta Gerwig, also said this. All I see in movies about teenage girls is they have perfect skin and perfect hair. And the reality of teenagers is they don't, even adults, and it doesn't make them less beautiful. What I'm mainly trying to say, I guess, is that I wish adult actors were dressed and presented as teenagers in these TV shows and movies. Um, because when they look and just look and act like adults, and guys, not even adults have to sexualize themselves and act very mature like adults aren't all perfect all the time nobody is it gives the impression to teenagers that they should act a look like and act like adults themselves when there's no real representation of what teenagers look like and act like on screen that leads to something called symbolic annihilation and symbolic annihilation describes a situation in which the absence of a certain group from mass media portrayal and depiction implies that members of the group are so lacking in value as to be unworthy of representation this is why it's really important to have strong minority representation in film and TV, but on a more like general note, not having realistic depictions of what teenagers look like, aka with imperfect skin, imperfect hair, in the media can make a lot of teenagers feel unworthy and not normal. Um, I actually took a survey on my private Instagram asking people what they thought about sex scenes and teen dramas and the overwhelming majority said that they did not like it. It was too voyeuristic, too glamorized, and I just kind of took that survey just to see what other people thought about it, to see if anyone thought like the same thing, and they did.
everyone says that yes teens are sleeping around but that's not actually true at least in america the majority of teens are not sleeping around the center for disease control and prevention says youth risk behavior survey found that um, from 1991 to 2017, the percentage of high school students who had had intercourse dropped from 54 to 40%. In other words, in the space of a generation, sex has gone from something most high school students have experienced to something most haven't. So I think that when it comes to portraying teen antics in the media, it's important to show a balance of narratives. Yes, some kids are sleeping around, but also some kids are not. And both of these decisions that these kids are making are totally normal and totally fine. But when every character in every TV show is drinking, partying, doing drugs, having sex, it creates the sense that this is the norm, which can make a lot of normal high schoolers feel very abnormal. And secondly, a lot of the sex portrayed in these shows can be extremely unrealistic and that could be harmful. Now I understand where this is coming from, especially with the sex positivity movement. Um, this movement prioritized embracing your body, destigmatizing sex and kinks, and empowering women in the act. And those are all really wonderful things. But I think the problem I think can be summed up by this one article I read. Um, quote, the movement placed the onus on the woman to defy her fears instead of dismantling the patriarchal and puritanical structures that caused them in the first place. Paired with the absence of comprehensive sex ed that's not centered around abstinence, imploring women to engage in heedless sex in the name of liberation leaves young girls vulnerable to manipulation, grooming, and increased risk of STDs. A lot of these teen shows with the explicit scenes do encourage sex because they show in a very glamorized and appealing lens, but they do fail to address a lot of things that teenagers really need to know, such as consent, STI, STD information, contraception, and even other things like dysfunction, anxiety, and trauma, which are very common problems that teenagers have, but never really get any representation in these shows. And I think that's all really dangerous because a lot of teenagers will just copy and base their expectations on what they see on TV as illustrated by the social cognitive theory, which basically states that we pick up behaviors by observing others. And a lot of the times what we see on TV is not reflective of what real life experiences are like. This is once again why I really love the show Sex Education, because despite the fact that there were a lot of sex in the show, it's never glamorized. It's also portrayed as being very awkward and fumbly because they're teenagers. And again, I will not stop saying this, even adults have awkward and fumbly sex. And honestly, I cringe a lot when I watch this show because it is so awkward, but that can be a good thing. The good thing is because there's nothing more concerning than a show trying to get its audience get turned on from watching teen characters hooking up. Like, mm, no. It's always shown intentionally to illustrate a problem that a couple is having, hence why they seek therapy. So for those of you who don't know, sex education is about a high school boy whose mom is a sex therapist. So he just like knows a lot from living under his roof and he opens an informal clinic at a school where kids ask him for advice. Um, unlike sex education, I think most teen dramas like Riverdale and Euphoria are more tailored for adult consumption, which if you think about it, is, is strange and weird. Um, that's why the sex is always hot and heavy and then they f feel more voyeuristic than really what is necessary to build the plot. And the problem here is that teens, like me, like watching teen dramas. So even if you think that these shows are made for adults, which honestly I kind of do is, think is a strange concept, 
A show centering minors would be aimed for adult viewers, but even if the show is made for adults, teens will still inevitably tune in. Um, and I was really thinking about that a lot, like the concept of teen dramas being made for adults. We're seeing a lot of gritty ones coming up, Riverdale, Euphoria, 13 Reasons Why. TV psychologist Honey Lancaster James said something that really stuck with me. Quote, one of the things that we do with entertainment is we gain mastery over potentially difficult emotions. Some people wonder why anyone would ever watch a horror movie or thriller. Why would you want to sit and be scared? But there's an element of reassurance and being able to experience those emotions from a removed perspective. And I wonder if the same thing can be said for teen fiction. Like through the processes of being empathetic towards a character, you're experiencing those emotions that were challenging, but from a more mature perspective you're you're gaining an opportunity to master those emotions that you once felt so consumed by and now can have a more detached and bemused look upon that time in your life however for the teens that are watching it's not the same experience because they're currently living through it and by showing a glamorization of trauma or unsafe practices it can lead teens to mimic the behavior they see on screen which inevitably brings them along a very dangerous path um i feel like teenagers are a fetish for grown people who hate their early teens um all in all, I think what I really would like to see more in the industry is responsible storytelling. Um, I think as adults, they can get, you know, the hookup fix without show-centering adult characters. We don't necessarily need to see any graphic depictions to appreciate or enjoy a teen drama. Um, I wish networks would understand this and at least prioritize having teens be shown in a realistic, non-sexualized view. Um, but again, I don't really know how the industry works. And in terms of that, I don't want to put all the blame on screenwriters, but I just think the entire industry needs to start prioritizing the health of kids and literal children. I think that they do have a moral obligation. And yes, art is art, creation is creation. But does it really affect the art to just not have sex in it <laughs> anyways thank you so much for listening let me know what you think And that concludes this episode of The Issue of Self. If there's a topic you'd like to hear me discuss or would like to continue the dialogue, you can reach out to us on Instagram at The Issue of Self. 